In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. And Lord, once again we come to another Lent, this time when we can renew our spiritual life, we can draw closer to you, we can follow you along that way of the cross that leads to the resurrection. And we have just asked for pardon for our sins. And we will live Lent well when we are more aware of our sinfulness and our sins and help us to live it well. We have asked for grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. And this time of prayer is not only this half-hour meditation that we are doing with you now, listening to you, making resolutions, but this time of Lent, which is a time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, a very fruitful time in the spiritual life if we live it well and help us to live it well. Help me to live it well. In this season of Lent, we are preparing for Easter, for that greatest feast of the liturgical year. And it is, yes, the feast of your resurrection, but also your death on the cross by which you redeemed us. You reconciled us with the Father. We had been estranged from God by original sin of Adam and Eve. When they were cast out of that Garden of Eden, angels were placed at the entrance so that they could not go back. And that was a symbol of their estrangement from God and the fact that they could not go to heaven. And ever since then, until, Lord, you died on the cross, mankind could not go to heaven. All those good people of the Old Testament, from Adam and Eve, through the great leaders of Moses, of David, of the prophets, of St. Joseph, who had died before our Lord began his public life, so it would seem, they could not go to heaven. They were waiting, according to the tradition of the church, in that limbo of the fathers, that place of happiness without seeing God, but not in heaven, seeing God face to face. But when you died on the cross and rose from the dead, you opened heaven for us. And that is what we are celebrating, your death and resurrection by which you redeemed us and open up the way to eternal life. And we precede Easter as we always have from the beginning of the church, from the earliest centuries, by this time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that we call Lent. A time of purification, of living closer to you, of denying ourselves, so that we can celebrate Easter with more joy. 
St. Augustine comments on Lent and on the Easter season that follows it, saying that Lent in some way symbolizes our life on earth, our life here below, a life of trials and tribulations. And the Easter season, with all of its joy, with all of its alleluias, symbolizes our life with you, Lord, in heaven, that life of unalloyed, absolute bliss with you. But in order to gain heaven, we must live our life well on earth. And if we look at ourselves now and we ask, how am I living my life here on earth? Am I loving God? Am I spending some time each day in prayer? Do I deny myself in mortification, in fasting? How do I live charity? Those three focuses of Lent. How am I living now? Or another question we can do well to ask ourselves. If I were to die today, am I ready to go straight to heaven? Or would I spend some time in purgatory? We would dearly love to be able to go straight to heaven when we die. And we really can't know the answer to that question we posed. Would I go straight to heaven if I died today? We have no way of knowing. Since we can't know, let us assume that we probably wouldn't be ready to go straight to heaven with our soul perfectly purified, and so we can live Lent as a time to intensify that spirit so that we are prepared a little bit more when Lent ends and Easter comes to go straight to heaven. During the year, we can tend to seek comfort the easy way perhaps to become even lukewarm. We're not really struggling. We're not really loving. And then we lapse into that state of lethargy, of spiritual lukewarmness, which is not a happy state. And it certainly doesn't prepare us for heaven. But now in Lent, we have this yearly opportunity to intensify our struggle, to lift our game, to speed up on that way to heaven. Lord, help us to take advantage of this Lent so that we do that. Every Lent is that new beginning. It's interesting that the very name Lent in English comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, Lenten, meaning springtime. In the Romance languages like Latin, Italian, Spanish, French, the word for Lent comes from the number 40, 40 days of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. In English, it comes from the word for springtime. If we live Lent well, Lent can be a true springtime in the interior life, where the new buds appear, where growth appears from beneath the ground, plants that were buried and frozen in the winter begin to appear again. There's that new springtime in the soul when we live Lent well and help us to do that. Lent lasts, as we've said, 40 days. 40 days, Lord, of accompanying you in your fasting and prayer in the desert 
before you began your public life. And let us read the passage in the Gospel of St. Matthew in the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted forty days and forty nights. And afterward he was hungry. And then in that moment when you are so weak and hungry, the devil comes to tempt you. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. You are God, you could turn the stones into bread. But you answered the devil, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Lord, help us not to put food, material things, as what will give us happiness, to seek your word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There we will find our happiness. And so that first temptation is one that we will encounter too, to seek food and clothing and the material things of life. And yes, we need them, but make it our first care to seek the kingdom of God and his approval, and all these things will be ours without the asking, as you said in the Sermon on the Mount. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And you answer, Again it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And Lord, help us not to tempt you by expecting extraordinary manifestations of your providence when we have not used the ordinary means. And the third temptation. Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Lord, if you worship the devil, he will give you all the kingdoms of the earth, and you are the Lord of the earth already. And so you answer, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And again, we might be tempted to seek power from the devil to have the kingdoms of the earth in our control. We want more control over others, even over our own life. But Lord, we can't have it. You are the Lord. We trust in you. And we are certainly not going to worship the devil. And St. Matthew concludes, Then the devil left him, and behold, Angels came and ministered to him. And Lord, we can learn so much from this brief passage. We learn that we too need to fast and pray because we too are tempted. We are tempted often. Perhaps every day we experience one temptation or another. And so often we fall. Why are we so weak? Because we don't love you enough. 
because we don't spend enough time in prayer and fasting and works of charity too. And help us now in Lent to do that, to quicken our pace, to pray more and better, to live more self-denial and more acts of charity so that we will be stronger when we are tempted. We will be tempted throughout our life. Whatever remains of it, we will be tempted. And Lord, if we pray more and deny ourselves more and live more charity, we will be stronger. Help us to do that. This is why the Church gives us these 40 days of Lent, so that we can draw closer to you and be stronger in resisting the temptations of the devil. And then we can open the Gospel of St. John to the 13th chapter. It is the first chapter of those in which St. John relates your passion and death, and it begins in the Last Supper. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And Lord, this is the beginning of your passion. You will now wash the feet of the disciples, showing your love there. You will tell them a little bit later in the 15th chapter of that gospel, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are inviting them to sacrifice, to lay down their life for others. And you did that. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Lord, you loved me to the end. You suffered in your passion and death. And then you rose again. But the resurrection was preceded by that suffering and death. We consider it in the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And let us make a brief consideration of those mysteries because they help us. And throughout Lent, let us keep your passion and death more in mind. The agony in the garden, agony unto death, where you were sweating blood as you considered the events that were going to come. Within a few minutes, Judas would come with the high priests and the soldiers, and that physical passion would begin. But that was not undoubtedly the greatest cause of your suffering. You were thinking, perhaps, of all the souls that would not be saved in spite of your love for them until the end. You were dying that all might be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But many would reject you down the ages, and what sorrow that would have given you. You were thinking perhaps of your mother, who the following day on Good Friday would be standing there beside the cross watching you suffer and die. How much she suffered, because your heart and hers were one. She was suffering with you to the end. How much Mary suffered, and Lord, even now you are suffering, thinking of what is going to happen then. And as God, of course, you know everything that is going to happen. You were thinking of the betrayal of Judas, 
that disciple that you had called to be an apostle, and he would betray you for thirty pieces of silver, the denials of Peter, the three denials that he even knew you, the fact that all the others would run away. Lord, what suffering in your heart, sweating blood, and all of this for love of us, the scourging at the pillar, and what a terrible pain that was, on and on, relentless, pitiless scourging, and the blood flowing until you were half dead. Lord, we don't have to suffer like that, but you did, you suffered like that for us how much love you are showing us there, loving us to the end, the crowning with thorns, those sharp thorns piercing your scalp, the blood running down as we see on the Shroud of Turin, more suffering, perhaps much less than the scourging or the agony in the garden and certainly less than the crucifixion, but more suffering for love of us. The carrying of the cross, when you have lost so much blood, when you are exhausted, and as you carry that cross, you fall three times and you get up again to show us that when there's no human strength left, that the will can overcome the weakness of the body. And we give in. We don't even get out of bed on time. Help us to pick up our cross and follow you that way. And that third fall when you are close to the top of Mount Calvary and totally exhausted. And again you get up. But then the fifth sorrowful mystery, the crucifixion. Three hours hanging on the cross, nailed, nailed with those rough nails through your wrists and through your feet. And hanging there between asphyxiation when you can't breathe, hanging, you lift yourself up with increased pain in order to breathe a little until finally, three hours later, you breathe your last. Lord, how much you suffered for us, how much you love us, and you invite us to accompany you along that way of the cross. If anyone would be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Lord, meditating on your passion helps us, because you suffered far more than we ever will. You are God. God suffering for man, the creator suffering for the creature. We are so weak. We are so comfort-seeking. But now Lent is here again. Let us pick up our cross through deeds that will cost us a little bit more so that we can accompany you more closely and purify our soul to be ready so that when you call us, we can go straight to heaven how much you love us, how much you love me. This is the worth of the human being, that God became man and suffered and died for every human being, for every single human being, whether they proclaim that they are atheists, whether they are terrorists, whether they are murderers, whoever they may be, you died for them, you love them. And Lord, you love me, 
and help me to love you more, but to show that love now in Lent by my Lenten discipline. And on Ash Wednesday, the priest imposes the ashes on our forehead and he says, Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. And this reminds us of our sinfulness. How many sins we commit day by day. How many sins we have committed in the past. We need to make up for them. An added reason to live Lent well. To make up for our sins. Yes, to correspond to your love for us. But to make up for our sins too. And that is a very personal reason. I have sinned greatly through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, as we say in the act of contrition at the beginning of Mass. We have sinned. We need to make up. And Lent is a good time to do it, to be truly sorry, because our sins nailed you to the cross. Or, as the letter to the Hebrews says in Latin, Rusus crucifigentis eum crucifying him again. Our sins scourged you. Our sins were the thorns piercing your scalp. Lord, we have offended you. Help us now to make up, to be truly sorry for our sins, and involved in sorrow is purpose of amendment, the resolution to try not to sin again. We don't have to be certain of not sinning again. We can't be certain of that. We are rather certain that we will sin again. But at least we are sorry and we will try. And then, of course, to go back to the sacrament of penance when we have failed and to go often. And not to wait until there is some big sin to go regularly to that sacrament. We have sinned often. Let us go often to that great sacrament of mercy that sacrament of joy, the sacrament of penance, to start over in our spiritual struggle. And this we are helped to do by that sacrament because it gives us that sacramental grace, the help to avoid falling again into those sins. And in confession, we always have a very firm resolution to try harder. Now is that time to begin again. It's a matter of love. You have loved us to the end. Help me, we can say, to love you more. To follow you along the way to the resurrection. And it was the way of the cross. There's no other way. And you invited us, as we have said. If anyone would be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me daily. And we can ask ourselves, even as we say that, what penance do I live daily, each day? What little acts of sacrifice, of self-denial do I live? And perhaps when we ask that question, we realize, I live so little penance. Now, again, is the time, the time of Lent, to pick up my cross daily, deny myself, and follow you. And it is following you, yes, over Mount Calvary, but to the resurrection. We can never forget that. We are being purified by those penances. 
And through them, we are more united with you and we find greater joy here and greater joy hereafter in heaven. This is the way. Lent invites us along that way of the cross. And Lord, you are the way. As you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The closer we are to you, the happier we are too. Because you are God. You are the infinite good. And we find happiness when we find a good. But you are the greatest good. The great happiness comes in being closer to you. St. Josemaria said that. Do you want to be happy? Be holy. More happy, more holy. Exceedingly happy, exceedingly holy. The closer we are to you, the more we love you, the happier we will be. And so the saints are the happiest people on earth. And they had to suffer too. But they were happy even in their suffering, which united them with you. As you said too, those I love, I chastise. You loved the saints, you chastised them. You loved your mother, how much she had to suffer. If we have suffering, it is a sign of your love. You are showing us you love us by sharing your cross with us. And so our penance now in Lent draws us closer to you and gives us that greater joy, that springtime, that new growth in the interior life. And how can we live Lent well? By those three ways that we have already mentioned several times that we hear about in the Gospel on Ash Wednesday. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. In our life of prayer, saying those prayers that we haven't been saying. Morning prayers, night prayers, an examination of conscience. Perhaps the rosary, which we could say but haven't been saying. Get to Mass more often meditating on the Passion in one of the Gospels, doing the Stations of the Cross. So many ways. Each one of us can see what we can do. In the area of fasting or self-denial, perhaps eating a little bit less than we normally do, maybe living that fast that we live on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday of not eating anything between meals, eating perhaps a little bit less for breakfast and lunch, in our meals, mortifying our taste by not putting seasoning on some foods. Some people give up alcohol. Children often give up sweets, chocolate, soft drinks, ice cream. Not listening to the radio, perhaps, in the car. Some people give up television altogether during Lent. Whatever we find difficult, Lord, help us to live it well now in Lent. And then in almsgiving, which is the most important? And when we live prayerfulness and self-denial, we will be more charitable to those around us, beginning in the family, beginning with those closest to us. Those little deeds of love, of smiling, of serving, of doing whatever needs to be done of ringing a friend who might be alone and ask how they are, visiting somebody in the nursing home or in the hospital, helping someone return to the sacrament of penance, 
who hasn't been to confession for a long time, come back to the practice of the faith by going to Mass on Sundays. So many people that need spiritual help, we can help them, and especially focusing on that now in Lent. Simply driving with more courtesy, with more patience, less anger towards other drivers. So many ways. Lord, help us to take advantage of this great season of Lent, preparing for the celebration of our redemption and resurrection, living this time of Lent as symbolizing our life on earth so that we are preparing ourselves for a life with you in heaven when we die. And we ask Our Lady Mary, you accompanied our Lord in his passion and death. You were there standing beside the cross for those three hours as he hung there in agony and finally died. You rejoiced with him in his resurrection and undoubtedly the first person to whom he appeared on Easter Sunday was you and you gave him that big hug as he gave you that big hug and you rejoiced. You had suffered with him, now you rejoice with him. Help us to live Lent in this same way, accompanying him along the way of the cross so that we can have that joy of the resurrection here and hereafter. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your assistance in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.